Learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Gerard. All right, ladies and gentlemen, seasoned leaders are out there and they're willing to work for your startup at more than just an advisory level. So they're called fractional leaders and they're easier to find than you might think. Consider the possibility that in this hiring market, seasoned veterans may be your best hiring option for building your company. Today's quote, we came into a broken world and we're the cleanup crew. Any idea who said that, Mr. Matt Spooner? I don't know. Enlighten me. That was Kanye West. Seemed appropriate, right? I'm Rick Gerard. <laughs> Welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. Our mission is to help entrepreneurs and hiring managers avoid costly hiring mistakes by identifying a specific problem and providing proven solutions to help your company win the right hire. We share insights from top performing rebel entrepreneurs, disruptors, and industry experts like our guest today, Mr. Matt Spooner. He is the fractional chief business development officer for GigX. Matt has nearly two decades of experience within the arenas of marketing, sales, business development, and account management. He has built and led high-performing teams within both for-profit and non-profit sectors. His cross-industry, cross-function experience allows him to approach opportunities and issues with a unique and valuable standpoint. Fun fact, Matt is an avid endurance athlete, and he's completed three ultra marathons was that like 100 miles oh ultra marathon is anything above a traditional marathon distance so yeah i've done a couple 50ks and then 150 miler so working toward that 100 Dude, you're distance. crazy man i thought i was crazy you're crazy <laughs> <laughs> prior to joining gigax matt worked in the world of retained search and his role as vice president at mcdermott and bull kept him close to hundreds of c-suite leaders and hiring managers matt is plugged into the senior level executive community and he understands what they bring to the table and how organizations can best attract and leverage them, which makes Matt the perfect guest for today's topic. Matt, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show today. Thanks, man. I'm nice really, to be here. really excited to have you. So today we're going to cover a few things. We're going to go over the benefits and drawbacks to fractional leadership. We're going to then talk about where to find fractional leadership and then how to evaluate and hire them. We got our work cut out for us today. Can we do it? We can do it. I don't know. I think I can. (laughs) I think we can. All right. So let's uh, cue everybody in. What is fractional leadership? Let's start there. Fractional leadership is a, um, I would call like a flavor of independent leadership. There's all different types of independent leadership, but the fractional type of leadership is one where senior level executives can come in on a part-time, long-term basis to help organizations. So it's a specific type of independent leadership. You see this primarily at the C-level. Yeah, primarily at the C-level. Fractional has been this term that's been affiliated with C-level part-time, long-term role. You've heard about free lands, but that's a little bit lower down. When you talk fractional, you're really talking about the C-suite. What about the VP level? Would that be fractional as well? Or? Yeah. You know, I say C-level typically outside of, uh, or I should say instead of C-suite, because it's really about C-level. You can be a VP level person for an enterprise, you know, size organization and very clearly drop down into a smaller organization and play a C-level role. So sure. it's really about levels, but it can absolutely apply for VP positions as well. Yeah. Okay. So why is this important? Why consider a fractional? I think it, yeah, it depends. There's clearly two populations, right? There's the population of 
talent, the candidates out there, then there's also the population of the organizations and the hiring entities, right? So when you talk about like, why is it important? It's important because there's an aging population of senior level leaders, about 11,000 people retire on a daily basis. Not many of them can really afford to just straight up retire. And many of them want to remain vibrant and keep working. So fractional is a really great opportunity for them. And then you and I have discussed this before, and but been there, done that. Yeah, and they've been there and done that, right? I mean, the benefit to it is crazy. Yeah, yeah, and especially in this market where it's it's hard to find people. Yeah, and I find it's interesting because a lot of companies they want that sweet spot of the young executive because they feel like it's not going to cost as much. Yeah, I think that there's type of allure with that thinking, and you as an organization that's hiring can be kind of lulled into feeling confident that you can hire someone young at a lower price tag and get the same type of lift that you might be able to get from someone who's a bit older and more experienced. But the fact of the matter is when you have, you know, 15, 20, 25 years of experience in a marketplace, you've gleaned much more than your skill. You also have great knowledge of how organizations work and the contacts that you bring along with you with your functional expertise. So there's a lot. So why isn't this common for startups to look at fractional leadership or to look at fractional talent Mm -hmm. as a go-to fractional largely has been relegated to chief marketing officers chief technology officers um, yeah yeah cfos for the last several decades and so this awareness of fractional is now starting to coincide with the growth of the gig economy by and large young organizations startups even small businesses are just not accustomed to hearing the phrase and the terminology, despite the fact that the application of part-time workers has been, you know, fairly broad within multiple industries. I think that thinking about bringing in that C-level leader in a fractional role hasn't been thought of more broadly outside of let's let's say those like three areas that we just spoke about. So it's starting to expand. Well, isn't it really an advisor? Okay, so most startups probably look at people at that level as an advisor as opposed to a fractional person that can come in a paid position and help yeah. them. Yeah, and that kind of goes back to what I mentioned before is that there are multiple types of independent leadership. That kind of advisor, more um, consultative role has been leveraged a lot. That's really a quick hit. You come in, you give a little bit of uh, your expertise, you do an assessment, but there's really no execution of that strategy that you create as a consultant or as an advisor. A fractional leader is someone that can come in and do both the strategy piece and the execution piece. And so that's the additional lift that you get from someone who wants to actually execute against a strategy that they can implement. There's a lot of misconceptions, I think, that are in and around this whole term fractional leadership. Mm What would those be? Most people think that fractional leaders are maybe a flight risk. I think that there's a perception that maybe they're not around for the long haul, but actually the definition, the true definition of a fractional leader is someone that wants to be with an organization long-term. It's just that they're giving that organization a part of their time, a portion of their time, a fraction of their time. That's really where the term comes from, right? So there's that misconception that I think people need to realize is that these individuals don't want to come in for the quick job or the quick consultative role. They want to be there in the long term. It also seems to me like there's a perception that those people are going to be very, very expensive. Yeah, that's true. Which also kind of comes back to the term fractional, right? Because they may be expensive if you're paying for them full boat. If you are going to bring on a CFO and they command 500K on an annual basis and just their base salary, but you could bring them on one day a week 
over a period of, you know, three to five years and really, you know, give them annually 100K, your organization might be able to afford that type of expertise. So there is that misconception that, oh, well, this person is going to really cost me a lot, where in reality, they're going to cost you a fraction of what they would typically be, you know, commanding in the marketplace. Because they're given a fraction to four or five other exactly they're gonna be serving simultaneously what happens though if you're investing that time and resource and then they take a full-time gig somewhere else now you're in a hole right yeah that's possible and i'm not going to deny that some people might use fractional as a way to get a step up into a full-time role but true fractional leaders are ones that have made a lifestyle choice have made a career choice to move into serving multiple organizations over long periods of time because because they get the flexibility, they get the variety, and they get the freedom and all those things you don't typically get in the same capacity when you work full-time for one organization in a linear fashion. So they really enjoy that opportunity to serve multiple organizations simultaneously. So the fractional executives who are really doing it for the right reasons are in it for those reasons, and they're not as much of a liability in that way. What are some of the other misconceptions? I think that there's a misconception that maybe some of these folks that are gravitating toward fractional leadership are doing it because maybe they're not as relevant in the marketplace anymore, and this is some way that they kind of get around that. There's kind of that joke that you hear out there that consultants are usually people who are full-time people looking for work but can't find work, so they're consultants. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And look, you mentioned it in the intro, but coming from an organization like McDermott and Bull, where my job on some large level is to work with an in-transition executive population. That's something that we discussed often with the hundreds of people that I got to know through that program. But there are, once again, the true fractional leader and the true individuals out there doing this are doing it because they've made a choice. And they're doing it because it's not that they can't find anything else. It's that they've realized that they can create a career for themselves that is kind of looks more varied, has more flexibility, and maybe even protects them a little bit more. Aren't most of the people that are in the fractional level toward the twilight of their career? You know what? That I think by and large in today's talent marketplace is absolutely true. Okay. But there are younger folks out there. There's 30-somethings yeah, out there? Yeah, even like myself. It? I mean, you mentioned it. I'm the fractional chief business development officer for an organization. <gasps> You're fractional? I'm fractional. I <laughs> work fractional for an organization, right? So, Well, we could have fun with that. Yeah, that was actually a choice that I made in order to get ahead almost of a curve that I saw coming into the marketplace. So I think some younger people are actually making a proactive decision to get into this space. Now, does GigaX have a fractional CEO too? Uh, they have a full-time CEO. <laughs> can't, can't do it all fractional, but I am uh, I am a fractional Cheaters. employee of an organization that promotes fractional leadership. Yeah. Awesome. The other thing that may be a misconception is that these leaders may not be as nimble or as current or have the stamina to move as quickly as a startup would mm-hmm. need you to do. Yeah, I can understand that. I'm not going to say I agree or disagree. I would say that I understand where that perception may come from. What I would counter with is that there is a nimbleness that you need just to be a fractional executive to begin with. If you're sure. serving multiple organizations simultaneously, you need to be a person that can kind of pack it, switch and go back and forth between opportunities. And so there's a nibbleness of energy and, and mind frame and mindset that you need to already have. And so on some level that should 
allay any fears that people would have about individuals who are kind of taking on those roles. Do you really need an MLS yeah. though if you're using somebody in day a week? Yeah. I mean, you just need somebody to focus for eight to 10 hours a day and then you're done, right? That's true. But there are certain roles. I'm just going to bring it back to my role because yeah. I'm not the only person out there that serves in a fractional business development role, which, you know, in large part is a sales type of a role. You don't necessarily shut off sales if you're working for an organization. You're not going to say, well, I'm going to do sales from eight to five for this organization one day and then I'm going to do it for why not? Eight to Wouldn't that be a benefit? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not. It might be, but I think that by and large, there are certain functional areas where so it's you kind need of to an oxymoron. Actually, you can't be a fractional salesperson. I think you know. I think it's all about structuring your day yeah. and and building in those times to be flexible for that type of behavior. So I think once again, in essence, the fractional executive by and large across functional roles, and I think it's more acute in certain roles, but across functional roles, you need to be able to handle multiple email accounts. You need to be able to handle multiple conversations. You need to be able to handle multiple products or services that you're going back and forth between. So even though you might be able to sit down and bang out eight hours a day, one day here and one day there, you still need to make that switch in your mind mentally. So there's a nimbleness there that I think uh, these, these executives bring. So it's kind of inherent with being fractured. I do. I think that there's an inherent nimbleness there. All right. You're listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm your host, Rick Gerard. For our podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick educational moment from our sponsors. Find out how healing a person's pain points attracts amazing people to your company. Check out our passive talent webinar at stridesearch.com. Our guest today is Matt Spooner. He's the fractional chief business development officer for GigX, and we're talking about fractional leadership. We've talked a little bit about the benefits and, and some of the drawbacks. Now, let's talk about how to find fractional talent. Now, you guys... GigX naturally has a platform mm -hmm. that helps you find them. So there's tools out there available, but let's talk about the best way to go about finding people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's really all about being a proponent for this type of work. Yeah. You know, it's not necessarily about the specific organization I work for. So, right. Sure. How do you, how do you find these people and how do you hire them? Right. I believe that the first and most important step is that there are populations out there that are largely ignored. I think that part of what a hiring entity and an organization can do is think, and I hate to say it because it's just so corny, but think outside of like the traditional box that you put yourself in when you're looking for talent. And one of the biggest ignored populations out there are in-transition executives. I think organizations can play a huge role in helping to illuminate within that community opportunities to serve their organizations on a fractional basis. So you might not necessarily need to go find an organization that's already doing it. You can just go within populations that are primed for this type of work and then go offer it to them. Transitioning executives are kind of easy to find because a lot of them go to networking events. I mean, all exactly. you have to do is get out of your office and go yeah. hit up a couple of networking events. You're going to meet a ton of them. Exactly. They. I, I are, don't know about you. I meet a ton every every networking event I go to. That's uh, that's absolutely true. And you know, coming from the perspective of someone that ran over 300 networking events a year for half a decade, these are target-rich environments for transitioning executives or those who are thinking about being in transition. So if you're out there and you're network working and you're meeting people, you're going to identify naturally center of target folks that can come into your organization on a fractional basis. I guarantee it. So if you're a startup and you're funded, you could also go to your advisory committee. Uh, your VC connections are going to have connections to people who are probably fractional. Absolutely. Because you know, you're talking about a networking conversation, but then you think about more broadly, who do you know that have their own networks? It's not even just about networking events. It's you know who are people connected to? And I think we give those closest to us far 
far less credit than they deserve as far as who they know and how they know them and who they can get you connected to. So whether or not it's your advisory council or a board or your trusted advisors, your family, friends, they're going to know people. You just need to give them the opportunity to help you. I find that even at the individual contributor level, people who are fairly seasoned are not contacted as much as that three to 10 year person, right? Mm -hmm. So that's a really good pool of talent that if you can provide them the right opportunity, they would dig into it even from a full-time role. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think a lot of companies think about that. They think they just want kind of young talent who can kind of get things done. I think they think they want young talent who can get things done. Or a related point to that is that they prioritize for some reason, which on on a level logically makes sense, people that are currently in the role that they can make an argument are at the top of their game. But there are plenty of people out in the marketplace who are at the top of their game who, through circumstances that had nothing to do with them, are out there searching for something great who could be great for independent leadership roles like fractional leadership roles, for sure. Yeah. And there's that stigma, I think, behind a lot of people who are in transition. If you're not looking for a job, companies will talk to you. But if you're, for what you mentioned, whatever reason in transition, you're kind of like, exactly. those are great talented people to pick off. And if we were being honest with, with each other and everyone else that we chat with, everyone at some point in their career is going to be in transition for for some reason, whether or not it's self-manufactured or it was manufactured for you and maybe multiple times. And so the more we can see the relevance of that population, And the power and the dynamism of of that population, the better off we're going to be as a business community in general. Let's say we locate a few people. How do we hire them? How do we evaluate them? So that was the first step. Let me through this. Yeah. You know, look at some populations that typically don't get looked at, right? In transition is one of them. Second step, you need to know as the organization, what's the time commitment that you're looking for? If you, how do you know if you, how do you figure that out? Just like anything else, I think it's a strategic conversation internally. If you are, let's say a small business, right? And you're growing, you know that you need, I'm just going to use a CFO example again, financial acumen beyond, let's say, a controller that you have on board who just doesn't bring the same expertise or experience as a, as a true finance executive. You're going to want to consider bringing on someone part-time. Have a conversation internally. What, what's our budget? What can we afford? That's really what the time commitment will be related to. So base it on your budget. Base it on your budget. So if you're going to spend $100,000 on a finance person to come on board, you can you can actually hire a fractional person for $100,000 based on whatever their hourly rate is. Mm-hmm. And they could probably do the same work as a 40 hour person. Yeah, absolutely. Person. Yeah. You know, you and I both know that the propensity for senior level executives to do the type of work that might be accomplished by a couple more junior people is there because they not only have the expertise and the functional acumen, but then they also bring these intangibles and these other connections to the organization as well. So there's so much to like there. <laughs> <laughs> and the fire alarms going off. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Woohoo! All right. So we, the first step was looking you at, look look at populations at that uh, that don't you know typically get looked at, right? Okay. Secondly, is determine you know what sort of time commitment are you looking for, which is related to your budget. Last step is that you need to be very clear on collaborating with the person that you're going to hire on a fractional basis on what are the expectations, and the expectations are going to be how are they measured, the KPIs, and then in addition 
addition to that, we're also kind of engaging this right now. Because of technology, a fractional executive could serve an organization in Shanghai if they're in Chicago or Los Angeles if they're in San Diego. So what are the expectations for how often we're going to meet, when we're going to meet, what's the context of those meetings that we're all rowing in the same direction? So setting performance metrics. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's funny is I find that a lot of people don't know. If I'm a new startup, I just Mm -hmm. got funding. How do I know how much time I need somebody to be in there? I'm guessing you're going to be looking to that person to tell you how much time they need. That's exactly the point. And that kind of brings us you need to, to have those conversations. Yeah, it brings us back to an earlier point. If you really know that you could use senior level leadership and you know that you're even going to need their advice and guidance on how they leverage them, you just need to open up the conversation. It's even more fodder in the canon as to why they probably need to bring you in, right? Absolutely. And yeah. I think fractional leadership is going to be able to tell you what you need and absolutely. advise you, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's what they bring. That's what they should be able to bring to the table. And if they can't answer that, don't hire them. Exactly. All right. So the third step would be collaborating expectations. And then from a hiring perspective, set a rate and start going, right? Yeah, exactly. It's the, There's just going to be a time to pull the ripcord and, and go for it. Yeah. Basically, you're hiring a contractor. Mm-hmm. You're, hiring, you're hiring a long-term, part-time, senior-level expert. Now, That's my frame. With a lot of the changes in the law in California, mm-hmm. how's that going to affect the gig economy? It's, it's such an important question. And when it and we is, don't know yet, do we? Uh, well, you know what? In many ways, this is something that's just going to continue to happen, these conversations. But it's a good one to bring up because, by and large, the AB5 regulations are not going to impact fractional executive. Let me give you a reason Oh, they're why. not. Is there, it should, is... should not. Should not. I, I'm not yeah, going to say definitively, yeah. but should not. And let me give you an example. Okay. It's an there's ABC a B2B test. piece to it, right? Yeah. There are exemptions for multiple populations, and, and uh, some of those are for you know those who serve as consultants. But even beyond that, AB5 has an ABC test that's affiliated with it. What is the ABC test? ABC are the three hurdles that you need to clear in order to be seen as a true independent and not a full-time, not an employee of an organization, but as a 1099 person. We could probably do an entirely different, uh, you know, radio show on it. But the second hurdle that you need to get over that you need to clear has to do with not working within the core of the business that the business is within. So a great example is if you want to be an independent pizza maker for a pizza shop, can't happen. Pizza is the business. And if you're making pizzas, that's in the core of the business. So if you're in a software business and you're coming in as a CFO or a finance person. Exactly. Okay. That's exactly. You know, so that's, but if you're an accounting firm and you're hiring a CFO, then that's where it gets, exactly. That's what gets murky. But by and large, if you're hiring a fractional executive, you're not going to do it to be the pizza maker at your pizza shop. You're going to bring it into, you know, an advisory type of a a leadership type of a role. So if you're a software company and you're building software, you can't hire a fractional CTO. Exactly. But I don't know, you make widgets and you want to bring somebody in to do the IT, you can. Yes, I would say, yeah, within that second step, the whole, you know, purpose of of the B of the ABC test is if you can make an argument that you're working within the core service of the business, you're probably not going to pass that test. But if you're helping the organization grow with business development and they make widgets, well, you're not the one making the widgets. So you're probably in the clear. So you just have to ask yourself that question as the independent. More importantly, you need to ask yourself that question as the organization itself. Because the regulation affects the organization, not necessarily the the talent. See, this is good yeah. clarity because I think a lot of entrepreneurs are scared of that, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. if it's not a core business function, you're probably okay. Exactly. But of course, you want to talk to your attorney and yeah, advisor. you want to make sure that you have the the legal advice. But this is just a, a high level to say that yeah. by and large, you should be good if you are not working within the core service of the business. There's other steps, but that's one of the biggies. 
So I remember my friend Bob Janowitz from Fisher Phillips used to say, like, think of it like a plumber's test. You, when you hire a plumber, you just tell them, hey, I got a leak. And then they come in, they, they bring their own tools, they set their time, they give you a bill afterwards. And this was prior to the, the law going down. Mm-hmm. But, but you don't really have any influence as to anything. And it doesn't function in any of your core business whatsoever. Exactly. Whereas I think where a lot of companies get sticky is they do that contract to hire type thing. Mm-hmm. That's scary. Yeah, that might be a no-no in this scenario, um, or maybe most likely is a (laughs) (laughs) no-no. Most definitely. We're running pretty low on time. What would be like two or three key takeaways that we can give to the audience that help them to create this as an option with their business? Sure. Key takeaways. Fractional leadership is an affordable and powerful way to bring C-level talent to your organization, full stop. So just, you know, keep that in mind. Secondly, there are thousands, just, you know, scores and scores of overlooked executives that could be great for fractional leadership roles outside of the, the websites and the tools that you can go find them on. Currently, there are just people out there. You can meet through networking, through your own network that could be great for these types of roles. That's the second takeaway. Okay. Third is that I really believe the key to success with these leaders is to make sure that there are clear expectations of their work, how you're going to meet with them and what you expect them to deliver. Because by and large, they're going to be functioning outside of your four walls. And so, make sure that your expectations are very clear. And I know the word diversity is kind of a big thing these days. Having seasoned executives within a company does spark innovation, does bring a lot to the table, that maybe even a little adult supervision, so to speak. Exactly. I, I, I've heard that said before. I always thought it was kind of funny, but <laughs> it, it does bring other ideas and it other bring other strength to your organization, which will probably help you build your company faster. Absolutely. That's really one of the big points of fractionals, build it faster with C-level talent that they can get right in there. All right, Matt, we're just about out of time for today's show. I want to thank you for your time investment today and welcome to the Higher Power Radio community. Sure. You have a day job. I'm sure people in our community would like to find out a little bit more. How do they reach you? And give me a quick plug on, on uh, GigX. Sure. So easiest way to reach me is on LinkedIn. If you just type uh, Matt Spooner in the search box, you can find me. I don't do a ton on social, but LinkedIn, I'm definitely there. Email. As you should be. As I should be, I yeah. know. But, uh, you know, uh, email is, you know, uh, is easy. Mspooner at gigx.com. Real quick on GigX. And G-I-G-X. G-I-G-X.com, exactly. And uh, real quick on GigX, it's a platform that connects organizations that want to grow, that need C-level talent, but can't typically afford it. It connects them with these C-level fractional executives that we've been talking about. So really, we're a matchmaking service between those two populations. Matchmaker, matchmaker. Okay, cool. (laughs) All right. I want to thank our listening audience for tuning into this week's episode of Higher Power. Quick thanks to our team, our engineer, Paul Roberts, our producers, Andrea Ballin, Shanti Ryle, and Ayla Gerard. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, review, and share. We're listening. We love your feedback. And after all, this show's for you, so keep it coming. You can join the Higher Power Radio community at Higher, that's H-I-R-E, Power, P-O-W-E-R, Radio, R-A-D-I-O.com, or you can drop me in the email at rickatstridesearch.com. Tune in next week. Our guest is going to be Aaron Elder. Aaron is the founder and CEO of Crelate. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard on OC Talk Radio.